you know, when I interview people, you know, back to ICE, questions I, I never ask are usually around experience. Now, there's a time and a place for that. But if you can figure out someone's intelligence and character and coachability, what you really usually see is someone who's reflective. They, they do some self-reflection and they think about where I'm at. And I'd say that's the biggest thing, because if you don't really understand where you are and where your strengths lie and where your areas of improvement are, it's really hard to get better at any of them. So it's not so much I can say, go read this book and all of a sudden you're strong at that. It's more about having this, the vulnerability and the self-awareness to say, hey, maybe I don't have all the answers and I need to be more coachable. Maybe I need to let more people in my business. I need to let uh, trust more people in the ecosystem that have done it before. Welcome to another episode of the Elite Selling Podcast. We're your hosts, Frankie Vignone. And I'm Griffin Riley. And today we're talking to Zach Sakura. Zach is the Chief Revenue Officer at People AI. Before People AI, he's held previous leadership positions at companies like AppDynamics and EMC. And today we're gonna to be talking about how to find and hire A players. Let's jump into it. Zach, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate your time. We're excited to jump into this topic. So for our listeners, what we were hoping you could do is just explain to us a little bit about um, what you want to focus on today and why this topic is so important to you and how it's uh, benefited your career. I'll let you take it away. Yeah. The topic today that that I'd be uh, interested in chatting with you guys about is A players. How do I identify them? What do they do? What's common when you pattern match? And the reason why it's so important is you scale an organization, um, getting lots of A players is tough, right? Everybody wants a basketball team full of LeBron James and Steph Curry's, but uh, there's only so many of them out there. So making sure you put the right effort into getting the right people is a, a full-time job for a leader. And it's something that uh, I've gotten better at as my career has gone on. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I was going to wait for this one, but you've obviously brought on a lot of great A players like like myself and Frankie. I mean, we're, we're living proof right here, right, Frankie? Yeah. Uh, you guys make, you make me look good. <laughs> I get to play a lot of golf and tell jokes and hang out. And you guys do all the hard work. I love it. Uh, I was hoping you can help our audience understand from your perspective, what makes up an A player? Really, what what does that, uh, how do you define an A player? Uh, maybe whether that's a breakdown of skills, characteristics, uh, qualities, et cetera. I mean, we'd love for you to expand upon that for, for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny, um, when I interview people and I turn the microphone over to them and I, I ask them, you know, what questions do you have for me? The question I always get asked, regardless of whatever company I've been at, is what are the best reps at said company actually do? And is it because they're from a certain industry or have, you know, certain certifications? And actually, I, I don't believe in that. I, I actually believe great enterprise sellers, and I'm going to uh, really share what I mean by a great enterprise seller, can sell in almost any market. Because they do two th different things is I've tried to pattern match and try to understand what, what they are. I think some are like innate qualities in individuals and those innate qualities correlate into the behaviors they do. And so um, let me share what I believe those are. So earlier in my leadership career, I learned of this framework called ICE. Uh, and that stands for intelligence, character, 
coachability and experience. And, you know, there's a lot of different frameworks and people look for a lot of different things. And I think there's, they're all good, but, but this one's been the most beneficial to me. So just going through that intelligence, intelligence is both IQ and EQ. The best sales reps, A players are both scientists and artists. They need to be obviously sharp and intelligent, but they also have to have empathy. They also have to understand how to read a room, deal with lots of personalities. And that's a different type of intelligence to me that you have to be strong in. The second component is character. Um, Character to me can mean a lot of different things. It can mean grit, it can mean integrity. But I think in this profession that we've all chosen, we get told a lot more no than we get told yes. And so if you don't have the character to get out of bed every morning, and figure out how to get a little bit better every single day and you wanna take your ball and you go home, um, it's gonna be a struggle. The third thing is coachability. Look, it doesn't matter what company you sell at. Um, All of us can learn. Whether you're the CRO or IC, uh, all of us can get better and need to be coachable because none of us have a monopoly on great ideas. And then the last piece is experience and experience comes over time. So, you know, if I ever have to give up three of those, or sorry, one of those things, I give up experience if the first three are really strong, because that's at best, right? That will come eventually. But those are the things that I think like are qualities that humans actually have that are great sellers. When they have those, I think they do three things again and again and again, and they relate. The first is they self-pipeline generate. They don't wait for someone else in their organization to bring them a lead. By the way, they have the right to ask for that and they should expect that from their org, but they don't wait for it. They think of what their financial goal is and they build their own plan. And that can be a number of different things. Some people will pick up the phone, some people social sell, some people use their network, but they figure out how to break into their own accounts. And that goes back to the ICE, you know, to to be smart and figure out how to self-pipeline generate, you have to have intelligence because you got to be creative and think of new ways, especially in this new digital world that that we're at. The world has changed from where it was a couple of years ago. So you have to be smart enough to understand how to try to be creative. So those qualities of ICE translate into habits. I see the best reps or A players do time and time again. And those habits are a self-pipeline generate. They maniacally qualify and they sell to business value and business pain. Now, I said earlier, those all correlate back to ICE. Think about that. To self-pipeline generate, you have to be intelligent, both IQ and EQ. You have to figure out new ways because customers typically aren't sitting there by the phone or by the email waiting for a salesperson to reach out to them. So they need to be thoughtful about how they reach out in what type of sequence in what platform. Back to ICE, they have to have character because they're going to get told no a lot. The customer is not going to respond. So they again and again have to figure out, yeah, I'm going to pick the ball up again and I'm going to keep pushing forward. Second thing that I talked about uh, uh, around habits um, is around maniacally qualifying. Again, I keep saying this is a really hard profession. We get so close to these opportunities because we get told uh, no quite often that if you don't maniacally qualify and think about the blind spots that you have, and additionally bring people in to also help qualify your deals, it's going to be a challenge. So the best reps are always qualifying and asking people to look for blind spots with them, which back to ICE goes to coachability. They want to get better. They're not entitled. They think that they have good answers, but they also want other people to help them. 
And then the last component is they really align to business value. They're not selling feature and functionality. They're understanding how their customer wants to make money, save money, or reduce risk. And then they align their solution to it. And that, again, goes back to ICE, right? You got to be intelligent to understand that. You have to be coachable because you got to be able to do more research. So that's why I keep going back to the best reps again and again, regardless of what they sell. They they exhibit the qualities of ICE and they do those habits. Yeah, that's great. What uh, I'm sitting here thinking if somebody wants to become an A player, maybe they don't consider themselves one. How? What are some ways they can start to develop those skills? Do you have any tips on that? That's a, that's a fair question. Some of that comes over time. Some of that actually just goes to being reflective. Uh, you know, when I interview people, you know, back to ICE, questions I, I never ask are usually around experience. Now, there's a time and a place for that. But if you can figure out someone's intelligence and character and coachability, what you really usually see is someone who's reflective. They, they do some self-reflection and they think about where I'm at. And I'd say that's the biggest thing, because if you don't really understand where you are and where your strengths lie and where your areas of improvement are, it's really hard to get better at any of those. So it's not so much I can say, go read this book and all of a sudden you're strong at that. It's more about having this the vulnerability and the self-awareness to say, hey, maybe I don't have all the answers and I need to be more coachable. Maybe I need to let more people in my business. I need to let... Uh, trust more people in the ecosystem that have done it before. So Zach, to elaborate on Frankie's question, um, rather than how does somebody develop it, let's flip it back to a sales leader looking for an A player. How do you, going back to qualification, how does a sales leader looking to bring A players on board identify or does this person exhibit the qualities of ICE? Like what are some of the questions that you're asking to determine their IQ and EQ, their grit, integrity, persistence, their coachability, uh, their experience? I mean, what's what's some of the things you're looking for? Maybe some of the questions you ask um, would be helpful for our listeners. Yep. Um, one question I, I love to ask is what was the last book you read? And quite honestly, I don't actually care. Um, it's great if they talk about, hey, I read something that helps them in their profession. But I asked the second and the third layer question to figure out, are you just giving an interview answer of I, I read X, Y, Z? But when you ask, why did you choose that book? And what did you learn? You know, I've had someone uh, tell me one time that I hired them is uh, I started reading a cooking book. Mm-hmm. And I never learned before because I was so stressed out at work of what was going on. I needed something that was cathartic. And I said, cool, what'd you learn? And they're like, oh, I learned how to cook pasta. But like someone actually did the self-reflection to say they were stressed out at work and they wanted to, you know, learn how to cook to give them a hobby outside of work. I thought that was really cool, right? That person was reflective. They they thought about something um, that they needed to do. So they had the character to realize where they were at. Um, you know, I always think about you know, what's their past? Has someone played a sport, an instrument, something that took time and commitment, something that took coaching? I I love to hear those types of stories. So, you know, it's not like there's a silver bullet, but again, I keep going back to why did you do that? What did you learn from it? And it's more about the responses people give, because a lot of times people in an interview will tell you something that they think you want to hear. And when you dig a layer deeper, there's nothing behind it. It was just something. And then they're, they're caught flat footed. Yeah. 
No, that's good. I've been asked some of those tough interview questions by you too. So I know, uh, I know what it takes. <laughs> I asked Frankie a funny story. When I first met Frankie in Colorado six or seven years ago, he said, I love reading self-development books. And I said, BS. I was probably <laughs> a little bit uh, harsher about that. We were walking in front of Union Station in Denver, right? I'll never forget it. And then Frankie all of a sudden started telling me all these books. And I asked him what he learned. I was like, okay, this guy's actually uh, not just telling me a story here. But he, uh, he's got a, he's got a, a road. He's color coordinated behind him. They're all self-development. Come on. There you That's go. Sales nerd. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> so, Zach, you, just like you mentioned, um, sellers need to self-pipeline generate. As a sales leader, you need to do the same thing. What are some ways that you're going and attracting these great candidates that you're talking about to stand out? I drink a lot of coffee. And what I mean is, look, great salespeople um, don't just cross your path every single day. So um, I had a leader once tell me when I first became a, a manager, the hardest thing you're going to have to do is recruit. I said, it's not that hard. Um, it's the leader's pipeline generation. That's what they need to wake up for and do every single day is think about who's out there across all different functions of the business, because you shouldn't only be recruiting A players as a leader, in my humble opinion, you should be recruiting A players across every function of your company if you want your company to scale and to be great. And so the way that um, I was suggested to do that, um, and I, I learned early on is start thinking about a list of every big metro that potentially could be in your area and start reaching out to folks. Um, and saying, hey, so-and-so, I'm going to be in Atlanta this week. I know you're not in play, but I hear you're great. Um, would love to have a cup of coffee with you. And at the very least, it's a chance to, 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 to network. And so in every job I've ever been at, um, I've kept a list of every metropolitan area and great, great folks I've met with. In fact, I, I interviewed a guy today who turned me down five years ago and he's on my list. And he said, Hey, you know, it didn't work out last time because of a number of different things, but I'm glad you reached out. And uh, when I saw you hit me up on LinkedIn today, uh, I wanted to, to chat with you. And we, we, we started talking again today. So who knows where it'll go, but it's keeping that list of people and just nurturing, just like a, a prospect, you know, probably on your first outreach to a customer or a prospect, they're not going to say, um, yeah, I want to buy your technology. But if you learn about their business, you learn about what motivates their company, how that they can get a personal or professional win, you're going to start building champions in a deal. It's the same yeah. thing with recruiting. You got to start building champions that maybe are in play uh, right then and there, but more likely it's going to be uh, over a period of time that you're you're going to find an opportunity to work together. Yeah. I mean, one thing you talk about a lot, Zach, is making deposits. And I mean, that's how I would define what you just talked about. And whether it's recruiting great people or working on a large deal, it's making those deposits even when there's not an immediate deal on site. So I uh, love that you mentioned that. Yeah. It's, Zach, quick question for you. Oh, it's, just a, it's just a different way to look at it. So um, those, the got to drink a lot of coffee. I, I love that. So the experience piece, I want to jump into this. I know you mentioned that of the four pieces of ice, you mentioned experience. It can be a little flexible um, because, you know, that can come with time, right? Mm -hmm. My question for you is when you're, when you're looking at someone's experience, like help us understand what exactly you're looking for to determine if they have the right skill set or experience to be an enterprise seller. I mean, 
I, I've worked with a lot of sellers that have sold for 10, 15 years, but they're glorified order takers. And then I know some guys are, and girls that have been selling for two, three years, but they have it. They're, they're, they're self-sufficient. They're um, always qualifying. They're first on the leaderboard consistently. So um, would love your take on like when you're looking at experience, what are some of the things that stand out that are important versus not so important? Sure. I, I think, you know, uh, again, in the interview today uh, with a separate candidate was he chatted about business value. He said that three or four times. And so I finally said, can you explain to me the business value that your current company uh, actually provides and how it helps a, a company make money, save money or reduce risk? And he actually answered it really nicely based off of what his company does. Um, the way he answered it, would be interesting to a CEO or a CFO. And he talked about ROI and how it would impact a, a business. Um, a lot of times when I ask that question, when someone says, oh, I talk about business value, they start talking about the feature and functionality. So that, that's something about how I judge business, uh, sorry, experience right there is this guy was saying, here's something I do that sounds really great. I, I sell the business value and business pain. The way he answered the question showed me he had the type of experience that I was looking for compared to someone who says, my product has this many features and missed that many of that. That's technical value. And I don't want to dismiss that. But business value is something different, right? There's that saying that I, I think uh, a lot of people have heard before. You sell to who you sound like. And enterprise sellers sound like business people, not salespeople. And I think you guys have heard me say that a lot, right? Never. That's what I think great sellers are. They're, they're business people that sell something compared to folks that just sell something. Whether you want to call them order takers or the, the solution or the product they sell is just more technically feature rich. Look, they're great folks that, that do that. You can have a great career. But again, I, I think the best folks out there can do both. And that's hard. And most of them don't think about the, the business and how their technology can actually help align to a problem a CEO or a CFO is trying to solve for. Yeah, that's great. Um, Zach, is that really quick, Frankie, I got one uh, uh, that I want to ask Zach. In all the interviews throughout your career, has a rep, I know towards the end of interviews, you often ask, hey, do you have any questions for me? I'm curious if if there was ever one that really stood out as, wow, this was different, this was unique, or this was one that uh, made this candidate stick out in my mind. I'm just curious if you have one uh, brewing. I'm worried I'm going to give everybody the answer if they ever uh, <laughs> uh, podcast. So uh, I got to be how you know they careful. did. That's how you know they did their homework then. Exactly. That's true. That's true. Uh, that would go back to ice, wouldn't it? Um, I don't know if there's one question that that's ever really stuck out, and I said, "Man, that that person's right in the bullseye." Um, but there's the generic questions of what makes someone great. Um, there's the generic questions, um, but the, the again back to what I keep going back to business people. People are asking business level questions, right? They're asking about strategy. They're asking about uh, how the world is changing with the macro and how it impacts people AI. You know where we work in a positive or a negative way. Um, Sometimes I like when people throw some of the questions I ask them back at me. Um, and But, you know, you can tell when someone is doing it genuinely and when someone's doing it, uh, just try to grasp for straws. So, you know, Griff, I don't know if there's really one out there that just says this person asked me this question. 
you can tell though, back to ICE, the questions they ask, you can tell pretty quickly, maybe it's just because uh, I've done enough interviewing in, in my career of whether it's sincere or not. And yeah. that's really what I, I'm trying to figure out. Is someone going to be sincere um, throughout all this, or are they just trying to tell you something that you want to hear? Because I just, I apply that to a sales cycle. A customer can sniff when a rep is telling them what they want to hear. And a customer can tell when someone's being genuine and really done the research and so it, again, it's it's the same thing. It's just at a at a little bit different of a, a nuance or dimension, but it, it's very similar. And so yeah, a lot of it comes back to the questions they ask of is it genuine and is it sincere? Yeah. Couple more questions and we'll wrap up. So we've been talking a lot about uh pipeline generating and different things like that. Uh and another thing, multi-threading. And I think I know what your answer is going to be to this, but what's your take on when a candidate goes and pipeline generates into the org that they're trying to get hired by and multi-thread? Uh, they get a gold star. I mean, back to the qualities that we want people to um, exhibit. First one was they self-pipeline generate. I, I love it, uh, right? They're doing the research. They're trying to figure things out. They're trying to probably understand culture and they're probably trying to understand what the day-to-day is like and What's uh, what are the headwinds? So to me, that that fits in the two different buckets that we're looking for. That that's something uh, I always find is someone that I'm more curious about learning about them and if they're a good fit. Yeah. So Zach, as we wrap uh, for our listeners that are either sales reps that want to become a players, elite sellers, or sales leaders looking to find and recruit and hire and work with eight players. Do you have any resources that you recommend our listeners check out that have really helped you in your career or in your, in your journey uh, that you want to share with, uh, share with the, with the team? The best book I've ever read about it is a book called who W H O. Um, and they have a really good framework, but the first chapter, I read it years ago. So I'm trying to remember it. They basically say you always got to be recruiting. And that goes back to my line and my joke about you always got to drink coffee. But if you're on a plane and you start chatting with someone, what do you do? Um, you know, if you're at a dinner party, hey, what do you do for a profession? You, you never know. I actually got hired um, at EMC years ago because I met a guy at a bar in San Francisco and we watched football and he was a friend of a friend. And we started watching a football game and we chatted and, uh, you know, three weeks later, he called me out of the blue and said, hey, not sure if you remember me, but we watched that game and I uh, was wondering if you were in the the market. And uh, that's just a great example. Uh, like I ended up becoming my boss. And uh, I, that was something I took away as he started getting me ready for leadership because I was an IC at the point of, he said he had read who, and that was just something he was always asking, right? I, I could have been a different profession, but if he didn't ask, he would have never known. And then we started talking about, you know, what I did and how I thought about uh, tackling accounts. And that was just a great example that always stuck with me. So, um, you know, who's a good book, but it really comes down to, you always got to be recruiting and you always got to ask a lot of questions about what you do and how you do it and things like that. You got to be curious. Love it. Zach, thanks so much for being a part of the show. I know Griff and I have personally learned so much from you and the listeners will have after listening to this as well. So thank you. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Zach. Zach, thank you again for joining Frankie and me. Great episode. We'll see you on tomorrow's forecast call. 
Uh, so the the key characteristics and key takeaways that we wanted to talk about around hiring and finding A players. What Zach is looking for is, does this person have the ICE characteristics? Are they intelligent? Do they have character? Are they coachable? And do they have experience? Zach also mentioned elite sellers constantly do three things better than anyone else. They self-pipeline generate, they qualify accounts, they qualify deals in and out, and they sell the business value and business pain. And as far as key resources that Zach recommends, go check out the book, Who? by Jeff Smart and Andy Street. Thanks again, Zach.